And we are finally back with Season 3, Episode 38 of JV to the Pros. I am so glad to be back. I'm Jack Vecchio, and my partner, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistency, the Iron Man of Broadcasting, Corey, the Iron Man. Ramsey is here with me. Thank God. How are you, Corey? I am doing fantastic, Jack. <laughs> now, the question is, uh, since we've had such a long hiatus, Am I still reliable? You are reliable. Okay. It's All right. Circumstances. I, was I was really worried about that. <laughs> Around us, um, okay. we got to let the listeners know. Well, first of all, let's let's you know say a little hello for the person who set everything up, who became our engineer tonight, which is producer extraordinaire. Robin with a Y. In the nest. In the nest. She couldn't be here to put the show, but she did set up the wiring. And we have our other producer, the queen of Queens, New York. The queen of Queens. We have Karen, who is going to be overseeing the pace and <laughs> making sure that we cover all the topics, or at least most of the topics, unless we run out of time. Karen, would you say hello? Hello. There she is. And just remember about Karen, like the song says, she don't take no mess. She don't take no mess. And she's not the Karen from those videos. She's the good Karen. Okay, so let's get on with, um, well, I mean, there's so much that, so much that there's has happened. There's so much, I mean, no, I, I mean, literally we have a vat of stuff uh, going on here. I head mean, spinning, it, trying to get You know, we've missed two big holidays, Halloween and Thanksgiving. Uh, Halloween being um, major, one of my favorite. Major. I that, uh, Halloween's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. Of the three of us, one of us doesn't like Halloween, but and she's sitting there with her mouth shut. But Thanksgiving, uh, every you know, take it or leave I'm it. a. I look at Thanksgiving as a summation of the year. Like if you're grateful for what you've got, and like Christmas is ahead, but I look at Thanksgiving like, yeah, you sit back and you just assess how fortunate you are. How much is the glass half full? And that's what I do on Thanksgiving while I'm watching football. Yeah, I think it's so trite. You know, it's like Thanksgiving. All right. Like, this was the first time that I had turkey in probably 12 to 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. What do you eat? I, I have uh, grilled lobster. I'll have sea bass. I'll have, we'll have Does the, Does the lobster look like a turkey? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Anything but. Anything really? but, yes. Now, are you a fan of the fixings, cranberry sauce and that kind of thing? I eat turkey all the way through, but cranberry sauce is too sweet for me, too much sugar, so I don't eat that. I, I got to tell I you something. I don't eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> See, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that Thanksgiving stuff, I don't the eat. Sweet potatoes. No, nope, don't eat it. Uh, okay. Well, this year, um, producer Karen went out looking for cranberry sauce because right. I love cranberry sauce. Right. To me, it's candy with dinner. Okay. And we were going over... Paul Sorrentino's. I like that, by the way. Candy with dinner. Candy that's, with that's dinner. Good. So we found out that the grocery stores were out of cranberry sauce. The jellied in the can where you just kind of, you know, undo it and it comes out like a I log. I heard that, Jack, and I was on the East Coast and I heard that. Yeah. So, okay. so we went scrambling for cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. And producer Karen found some cranberry sauce and bought, I think, three or four cans. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. They're short on cranberry. Buy everything they got. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you may not be here, but I want cranberry sauce. <laughs> so I went back to the store and I bought like a dozen cans. So me and me and my buddy Paulie, we macked out. We I think we had a can and a half each. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie, you won't see him no more. All right. So let's let's kind of do the best we can. 
Um, also, yes. uh, one member of our team is no longer with the show. And that doesn't mean he's gone. It just means he has gone on to other things. He is no longer the last man standing. He was the first one out the door. Out the door. And with Paco, he has a lot of different opportunities, a lot of exciting opportunities that he's going for. And, you know, he's very good at what he does. And so he's pursuing it. So he's going out and he's really pursuing it and we wish him well for all that he's doing. I mean, he gave us, you know, three seasons of some really good work and like some fun stuff, some fun conversations. And so... And pieces of information that was amazing. Like we we fact-checked and it was amazing what he knows. So yeah, so Paco, but Paco used to come to do the show and he'd be racing from a movie set or from doing a commercial or from doing a voiceover, or doing editing, and he was really having trouble squeezing this into his schedule. I mean, it was it was starting to really compress him. So yes, so he did the he did the right thing, and we are going to press on uh, without Mister Paco. So what else do we have? Anything else as far as updates? So we had Halloween, Thanksgiving. Um, anything else? Well, uh, since we did the show last, I um. I pitched at the World Baseball Championships. That's right. I got to tell you something very funny. The team I was originally going to sign to pitch with was a contending team. Mm. And they find out that I can only be there certain days. Mm-hmm. And they actually wanted me for the playoff days. And on the playoff days, I needed to be back in San Diego. So when they found that out, they realized that, that they can't use me for the time that I'm going to be there during the week. They can only use me on the weekend. I won't be there on the weekend. Ah. So they said, look, what we'll do is we'll release you. And we'll put you on basically this board, this list, mm-hmm. and we'll let somebody pick you up. Well, somebody picked me up immediately, and I was a team I'd never heard of, and these guys I'd never heard of. And I've been doing this 35, 40 years, and they said, oh, yeah, we got a team. We got a da 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 They pumped it up. I go out there, and I'm playing with a team that couldn't field, hit, or throw. So I actually got two strikeouts in my first outing and recorded no outs. Because the catcher didn't know how to catch a breaking ball. Anyway, so I ended up pitching the next day and pitching very well, eight strikeouts. And but um, we lost every single game. And um, but Paulie was playing actually against me in another bracket, so um, that was actually kind of fun to be out there um, with him. And um, Anthony, my cousin Anthony, the pool player, Uh actually shot in the World Billiard Championships in Vegas. And producer Karen and I wanted to see him play in that. And he made it. He made it to the semis, right? Mm-hmm. Made it yes. to the semis. He did really well. And then lost his footing and uh, came across some, some Minnesota Fats type shooters. <laughs> but yeah. Anthony did good and we're proud of him. So what's been going on with you? It's been a while. I mean, you and I have been in touch. but Oh, yes. Well, you know, Laura, going back and forth, you know, of course, visiting, visiting my father, who is ailing. And he does have stage three cancer and so he's fighting he's fighting the good fight with that fortunately it's, we just found out that it's not four it's three excellent so, so he's fighting the good fight but you know let me look it's it, that to quote uh, a famous coach it is what it is and uh every day that he's on this earth is a blessing that's how i look at it uh you know of course halloween thanksgiving working a lot contract time at work 
all of that, all that going on. So, but well, the there's other so. Thing I, I tell you all the time, mm -hmm. like the deal you got as a dad, and the deal I got as a dad. You are so fortunate. Yeah. I mean, you really every day you are so lucky to have like such a good good man at the at the top of it all. So yeah, every day is a blessing. I, and and the fact that it we thought it was four for yes. a while. That's three. Yeah. That, that's you know that's really good because yes, that, you know, he'll be with us much longer. Yeah. But he's also um, you know he's old. he's he's got his head screwed on about. He's got this. his head screwed on. He knows on. what's going on. He's not Absolutely. he's not turning around and and trying to convince himself anything else is going on. He's facing this head on. Very, very straightforward when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, you know. All right, so uh, I'd say that's enough about me. We've got so much going on in the world, in this country. You know, let's try to tackle some of it. Yeah, just let's see if we can, Let's see if we can just focus ourselves and just tackle some of it, right? Yeah, just oh, let's just chip away a little bit. I have a quick announcement. Oh, oh, let's do it. Producer Karen. Um, my daughter, my daughter, my niece. Oh! Danielle. Hang on, let me give the backstory. Yep. Producer Karen actually raised Danielle most of, you know, since she was a baby. And so Danielle, when, when it, we found out she was pregnant, she's going to have a baby, it was all exciting. And go ahead. Uh, well, she did. She had a baby girl named Willow. Willow Rose. You got to say Rose. Willow Rose. And she was born on November 11th mm. of 21. And she was born the time at 1121. 11-11-11-21. And producer <laughs> Karen got the very first phone call um, at, before anybody. And you I can think, just figure this out. I think that warrants truth is healing. <laughs> 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 21. Yeah, right? Right? that's fantastic. Yeah. So congratulations yeah. to Danielle. Danielle and, and woohoo, Willow Rose. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that that was a that was a big that was a big thing right there. That, and especially like my family's got like 150 years of boys, and now Karen's got girls showing up. So. <laughs> That's All right. good. You want to yeah. start? You want to start chipping? Let's start chipping away at at everything that's been going on. Um, we're not going to be able to cover everything. We've been gone eight, eight weeks. You realize it's been eight weeks since uh, we did our last show. We should be knocking on the door of episode forty-eight or fifty. <laughs> but instead, All here right. we are at episode thirty-eight. Corey, well, take the got, lead. Well, we have that we have that trial going on, right? And so you've been educating me on the. Um, Arbery trial? You you were educating yeah, me. Yeah, 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 Aubrey. Yeah. Aubrey. Yes. You know, I just did a Corey. You know that. <laughs> that doesn't change. Mispronouncing words. Even though I look right at it, know what it is, and still say it wrong. So tell me about that trial a little bit, because you, you seem to be up okay. on it. I, I actually, I was really surprised, because when the verdicts were read, mm -hmm. um, I was in the gym, and I was really surprised that people stopped the treadmills. Even though those subtitles were being read on the on the TV, people stopped what they were doing in the gym, and people gathered around the TVs. It was almost like the old days when people gathered around the radios. Yes. And people waited, and fortunately, they turned the sound up. And when the verdicts were read, in a unified fashion, you know, everybody, you know, across race lines, everything, everybody felt the same way. Yes, it had to be guilty. It had to be guilty. It's an unarmed human being. His guy just shot. And um, 
I'm I'm sitting there like, okay, these guys, I think they were convicted on 23 of 27 counts, all felonies. Um, the interesting thing is the guy that filmed it, I don't know why he was filming it. He's with these two other guys that are committing this crime, and he films it. He turns that video over, and after turning the video over, that's when he decides he'd like to make a deal. <laughs> and so he, they're all facing life. Now, here's, here's the other interesting thing. Um, the, the, the dark side of, of the DA's office is the fact that in order for them to keep their job and to keep getting the approval to try cases, they have to have more than a 99% conviction rate. They have to win 99% of their cases. So if they go to trial, they have to have enough evidence. So now these guys have been convicted on 23 out of 27 counts. The um, federal DAs, because this is a slam dunk now, they've already got a conviction, are going to retry these guys on federal hate crime charges just to get a slam dunk conviction one more time. And that's going to start in February. To me, it's a waste of the taxpayers' money. I really think it's. But these guys are just going to go for the easy hit, and they're going to turn around and convict them again. Well, look at it this way. I don't know so much if it's a waste because, look, I mean, the defense lawyers, they're going to be, they're going to make the prosecutor knee-deep in appeals. You know. So it's better that they just go ahead and get it all out of the way now because, look, there's going to be appeals. Well, do I have this right? These guys have been in prison for at least a year or so? No, you have it wrong. They didn't get arrested until almost four and a half months after the crime. After the crime. And the crime took place this year. Mm -hmm. So th this was in the spring. So they've been in jail six, seven months. Six, seven months. And frankly, um, I did get a chance to watch the, um, the, the body camera footage from the police. Mm -hmm. And the accommodations the police officers made at the scene with a man covered in blood and telling them, yeah, I understand, I understand. You thought he was committing a crime. We're gonna let you go home, we're gonna let you clean up. And I'm like, this is all evidence. We're gonna let you go home, we're gonna let you clean up, and we'll come back and arrest you four and a half months later when this video gets out. And they, I think it was like, I think it was, it was like OSH, that the video came out and they were like, now what do we do? We have to arrest these guys. Well, Georgia's an ugly place. Well, you know, look, my takeaway from all this is, is the fact that there was even a trial down there in Georgia, all right? Without we that know, video, we know, there's no trial. We know if it was 50 years ago, those guys were I, I got to tell you Scott, something. Scott free. If it was 15 years ago, those guys would have been, because the body camera footage would, have, would not have been available. That wasn't even a thing mm -hmm. until about six or seven years ago. Yeah. And this guy recording on his phone, I don't know why he was recording, but if he was smart, which I'm not saying anything about the Georgia SATs, although I'd like to make some jokes, but the fact is if he was smart, he could have negotiated in exchange for that footage almost nothing, and instead he's gonna be facing life in prison. Well, you, you do realize that there were other people, though, that captured the slaying. There were other videos of him. There was there were home security, uh, like like ring cameras in the area that captured what happened. Right. But what I'm saying is, 15 years ago, there's no ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a new thing. Let's face it; it's in the last seven yeah. or eight years, and the and body camera footage is also in the last seven or eight years. So I'm thinking, okay, 
not that long ago, these guys would have never been in trial. They would have been smirking. You know, you remember we talked about that trial where the people brought their kids and they were serving beers in the in the thing while they, while uh, was Emmett was it um was it that trial with um Emmett Till? Talking about Till? I don't yeah. even recall that even going to trial, Jack. No, no, I I, I think that I think these guys Emmett Till uh, was in the fifties. Yeah, and, and these guys made a mockery of it. They thought it was a big joke, and the judge allowed beers to be served in the courtroom. So I think I think it wouldn't have been quite that bad, but in Georgia. I'm, frankly, I got to tell you, Corey, I'm, I'm not sure why why people live in a jurisdiction that would handle a murder or someone being murdered in that fashion in this day and age. You know, people are, you know, prisoners of their, of their roots. People don't want to leave. They don't want to leave. They grow up there. Their friends are there. They don't want to leave. You know, I, I don't have too much to say about that, I'm just pleased with the overall progress that the state made, that the country made. So I'm, I'm putting a positive spin on this, and I'm just glad that it happened. Uh, you know, of course, it's my, it's mind-boggling to me that you have some people that are being shot and killed when they have nothing, you know, traffic stops and things like that. Right. And then you have, like for instance. You had that school shooting in Michigan. Michigan, yeah. And 15-year-old kid, by the way, that did the shooting. To my knowledge, three people dead. And four, four ones. Now, four, just before we did the show, the fourth one died. Oh, that's terrible. And we have, what, 12? And, and the gun 13, was purchased 14. by the parent like four days ago. Yes. And the kid got it before dad got a chance to lock it up. So you have that kind of active... See, what I would like to do sometime is, you know, talk to some law enforcement and get their perspective on why they think, and I look, I'm military, uh, slightly different than law enforcement. So I want to get their perspective on how is it that you have people that are being shot at traffic stops, people being shot because they're being chased by the police shot in the back. But then you have an active shooter that has killed people carrying a weapon and he's okay. So I'm 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 referring to um, when you were saying that how could that happen? I, what was going through my mind, and I, I leaned over and just whispered something to producer Karen real quick, is that um, this guy that drove through the parade in was it Wisconsin? That guy, yeah. Okay, he drives through the parade in Wisconsin, and in the midst of everything that happened, I mean, he killed several people. Yes. He ran over the dancing grandmas. He almost ran over a two-year-old. But he killed like six or seven people. And while he's driving through a parade with the sidewalks lined with people, the local police officers were firing at the car with their guns into a packed area and Thank God no one was hit, but they were firing at the car that was driving into the parade. What made them think that's a good idea with innocent bystanders on both sides of the car? So I'm wondering, like, if you're saying, how could that happen? And I'm thinking, yeah, officers can be very reckless with their guns. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think they get caught up in the moment. I think they get emotional. I think they want this to stop. I think there's a certain amount of PTSD that comes with the job over time, I think they, I think their toes are on the line regularly. Yeah. 
And when I saw this guy driving through the parade and police officers pulling the guns out, and I say police officers, yes. plural, yes. shooting at this car with Main Street packed, I'm like, I'm like, everyone knows, everyone knows you don't fire into a crowd with innocent bystanders. I suspect that those police officers will be in a little bit of trouble. Now, you brought, the, you brought that up. Let me tell you what annoys me about that situation. The lack of coverage. I that really bothers me. I agree with you. What's your What's your opinion on? Well, that? here's here's the thing. Because I I have I have a real take on that. By by complete I want to hear yours first. By complete fluke, this little tiny ant-sized town mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. What's the name of the town? Do you know, Producer Garen? Um, mm. This little town in Wisconsin happens to be the birthplace of J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt, not only uh, talk about stepping up. He's paying all the funeral expenses for everyone that died. And J.J. Watt is not letting the media walk away from this. He's not letting them say, oh, whoops, oh, too bad. J.J. Watt is pushing to make sure that this isn't forgotten. He's pushing it, but it's not being covered. It's not being covered. I agree Why with do you. I have my take. I want to get your opinion. Why do you think, I it's, think it's I think it's not glamorous or sexy enough for front page stuff. Huh. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why it's not being covered. My opinion. It's not being covered because it was a black man that ran into white people. That is my opinion. That does not fit the narrative of all of if it had the been liberal, a black lives all protest, the liberal media. I got you. I yes, got you. the liberal media. I got you. That's that's why this is not being covered, and it's an issue. I, I agree with you completely that if it had been a white person driving into a bunch of Black Lives Matter protesters mm -hmm. and killing them, it would have been blasted all over the news. And not only Every, that, on both sides. Why aren't and why aren't athletes speaking out on that and protesting, but they speak out on all these other things, but not on that. So that's the problem that I have with that. You barely even see the guy's face. I had to really search for this guy, this uh, this rapper, whatever he's called, I, I forget it. I forget his name, but he's some he's some wannabe rapper. He's been on. He's uh, posted on Instagram, Facebook, you know, about running over people, about killing people. So this guy has done and, this, and he was doing this as he was fleeing the scene of another crime. Yeah. And yes, it doesn't fit the narrative, so they're avoiding it. And and if it had happened on Avenue of the Americas in New York City, yeah, it would have been it would have been all over the place because New Yorkers would have been like, Okay, this is a big story. If there'd been that parade in Avenue of the Americas. If this had been on Sepulveda in LA, yeah. Well this guy is a poster child for uh, the three strikes is out uh, oh, yeah. out program. His whatever you call it, his rap sheet is, what, 50 pages long. Well, he is a rapper. Yes, <laughs> but a rap sheet, I mean, this guy has, he's, I mean, this guy Yeah, this guy, this guy has, is everything that's bad about a member of society who's free. And he was free on a $1,000 bail. And he has a long rap sheet, but he did have, apparently, a very good attorney that negotiated a $1,000 bail, which the bail was 10000 He only had to put up 1000 
but he's out on bail, and then he just got done committing a domestic violence crime, mm-hmm. and he takes off. Now, the other thing is, when he's told he'll be held without bond, mm-hmm. he begins crying in the courtroom in front of the judge. What is he crying? What did he think he was going to get? Like traffic school? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, not? did he think that, did he, like, 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 he'd be with Suge Knight, you know, just yeah, hanging I out? Mean, traffic <laughs> school, yeah. Yeah, yeah should be allowed to drive. Can I just do this on Saturdays? <laughs> I like, I like that. Yeah. What else? What else you got, so, Jack? So what else is going we on? We got well. We also because um, producer Karen's son is a Marine, and you're military. The Marines had a birthday. That's right. Uh, I think it was two forty six, right? I believe it's so. Bir- birthday two forty six. So that happened, and we would like to say hello to Tyler out in Okinawa, and he's Semper Fi. Semper Fi, and we're very proud of him. We're very proud of actually all the kids are doing great, but. But uh, yeah, the Marines are 246, and we missed their birthday. We actually came in to do the show. We had technical difficulties, so we couldn't do the show. But we did not forget that they had a birthday. You know, Jack, I've got a couple things. You being the actor, so you're the uh, SME as far as I'm concerned for a couple of things. And you no doubt, and I'm sure the audience is well aware of the Alec Baldwin tragedy. Where yeah, on the set of it, Rust. Yes, on the yeah. set of Rust where he uh, Rust. accidentally, Rust, Rust. we accidentally um, shot the woman. Uh, no, no, you, you know, hang on, I've I got to interrupt you here. You know, a lot of people, and, and you may be saying that because you're hearing it on like Inside Edition or some of these shows where they keep talking about how he accidentally, first of all, I've been on hundreds of sets. And there's never a time when you have a prop gun and you're standing there talking to the director and the director of photography was basically the cameraman and you pull the trigger on a prop gun. That, That's what I wanted to yeah. ask you. That's yeah. all right. Never. I, you, oh, there you go. Never. And, and I, he had it pointed at the, at the DP, the director of photography. Yes. And he not only shot her, but also shot the director. Now, why would he be pulling the trigger even if it's an empty prop gun, verified empty, why would he be pulling the trigger? Now, you and I had to talk about this, that when you get on independent productions, and this was an indie, what they call an indie, yes. and yeah, some of the protocol gets a little lax. Right. But it never, ever, when it comes to explosives or guns, should be this lax where, and the other thing is that they were supposed to have all blanks, but blanks eject a projectile. They, they fire a projectile, even blanks do. I mean, Brendan Crow, Brandon, he, Brandon, Brandon Lee, Lee on, on, the, on the movie yes. The Crow, yeah, he shot a blank, and it's still projected into his head. Yes. So there's no reason for Alec Baldwin, who has been on sets for 40 years, mm-hmm. should be pointing a gun, an empty gun with no magazine and no bullets, and firing the trigger at all for any reason. I, I just, so then, where, ex- you, where, are you go, where are you going with it? Tell I, me. I, here's what I think, and this is my prediction. I think Alec Baldwin has been a little bit of a thorn in Hollywood's ass for a while. Okay. And I think this is the end of things for him. I don't think anybody's going to be sitting there saying, hey, want to host Saturday Night Live? I don't think that's coming. I think people are looking at this like, you know, WTF. How could you do such a thing, Alec? I mean, you know better than this. You've worked with guns on sets before. So you don't think there's any motivation? This was just stupidity. I think this was, this was foolishness. I think this was 
um, maybe Alec Baldwin in a comfort zone, counting on the fact that there should have been blanks in there, but you don't ever pull the trigger. The other thing is, and I'm not a gun person, but um, Paulie had explained to me that even if you're holding a gun, if you're not ready to fire it, your finger is straight forward like the barrel of the gun. You don't hook you. it on the trigger. Yeah, I can tell you that. I mean, uh, that's the first rule that we were taught with firearms. You don't even put your hand on your gun unless you're going to pull it out. Right. You don't pull it out. And you don't pull it out unless by you, pulling the trigger. Unless you intend to pull the trigger. Here's the thing. If Alec Baldwin wants to know how to pull a gun out, without pulling the trigger, he shouldn't ask Plaxico Barris. Remember Plaxico Barris? He yes. pulled the gun out in a nightclub and he hooked his finger on the trigger to pull it out and he shot himself in the leg. Like, you don't touch the trigger unless it's go time. And we should say that the, uh, oh, the cinematographer, other thing, the, yeah. the cinematographer who was killed, we should say her name, and it's Please. Uh, uh, Halina Hutchins, and the person that was injured, the director that was injured, Joel Sousa. Sosa was wounded in the shoulder. Right. Now, that means a gun was pointed at him and the trigger was pulled. Mm -hmm. Now, he just got done shooting someone to death. He doesn't know it yet, but clearly a bullet came out and then he fired again. Now, I don't understand how Alec Baldwin is not being charged with a, with a crime. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't understand. I have been on sets where people handed me a gun and they announced to the set, clear, and they point the gun in another direction. They show it's clear. They show the magazine is clear. They show that there's nothing in the chamber. And then they fire in the air. Click, 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 click. So you know nothing's coming out. So we're good. So once they say everybody clear, everybody gets away from that gun. And they point it straight up. And they click, click, click. It's clear. So that they're going to put the sound in later in editing. Well, they're investigating it. You know, they're, they're going to investigate it. But there is precedence for not for it not to be considered a crime. I mean, you brought up Brandon Lee, 1993, and he was shot by Michael Massey, you know? And so that was investigated. Now, we don't even, we don't even hear of Michael Massey anymore. I mean, where is he? Can't I bet you, him, I bet you, can't find him on the milk crate. Who he is. I, that's why I, that's yeah. why I put his name out there. Right. So, so, but so you have precedence there. Right. You have uh, another one who was killed. John Eric uh, Hexham, and so this uh, this actor became famous in 1982. He snagged the role of Phineas Bogg in a series called Voyagers. Are you aware of that? I, I wasn't aware of it, but I think he, instead of famous, I think he became infamous. Yes, <laughs> and so the blank um, uh, drove right into his uh, skull and into his brain. He was on life support for a week, and then he was, um, you know, and then he was. Killed. I mean, the yeah, guy, he pulled the plug. He pulled the plug, yeah. and then of course something—the one that everybody knows about—in 1982, Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow, and so he was killed with, and I—I I believe it was two other children, child actors. But they were killed by a helicopter. Right, the helicopter. Right, and the, the director kept saying lower, 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 and then they, they went so low that the blades actually killed Vic Morrow and two minors. Negligence. You know, I mean, uh, what happened to John Landis? Do you recall anything? The director? Nothing. Of the, of nothing. the Twilight Zone? No, okay. nothing. And that no, nothing having to do with that scene was ever in the final cut. And 
The name of the two child actors, seven-year-old Micah Din Lee and six-year-old Renee Shin Yu Chin, uh, were also killed. Yeah, see, and these are children. Yes. And they're trusting, they're trusting the adults who are in charge, who are supposed to be the professionals, and they end up dying. I, I mean, uh, I just... The other thing I wanted to point out is on the set of Rust with the Alec Baldwin thing, Yes. This, the, they went through the bucket of blanks, the box of blanks, and found six more live rounds. Yes. Now, let me correct myself. Uh, John Landis was charged initially charged with involuntary manslaughter he and three others uh they were all acquitted following a high profile trial which lasted nine months now think about this okay um we've seen this with oj if you've got enough money for the best kind of defense and they can do the um what was the guy billy what's his name billy flynn from chicago Uh, if you can tap dance long enough you can get the jury pretty befuddled, and um, you know they both, they both, they both reach, 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 reach for the gun, 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 gun. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do, I, I do, and and uh, you, can you know, convince the, anybody that Roxy Hart's uh, innocent. <laughs> full disclosure: I know nothing about that trial. I didn't read anything about it. I mean, I was young, very young at the time, so I didn't really pay attention. I just knew, like, oh my goodness, this actor got uh, decapitated. Right. Like that's right. That was the thing that I re- and he wasn't just this actor. He was he was like in the in the Hall of Fame. He was one of like he was a veteran established. Veteran actor. I mean, he was like a Rock Hudson or something at, at the time. Vic Morrow was was a big three years old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so he'd had a career that went over twenty or thirty years. And his daughter has made quite a uh, quite a name for herself. Oh, good, good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's you know you know her you know the daughter. No, Jennifer Jason Lee. That's his daughter. That's his daughter. I love her. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love her. Yes. She's a fantastic actress. She is. She is. I did not know. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh man, that's. Uh, oh man, that's 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 Fast Times. Fast that's, Times original. That's uh, uh, Cold Blooded Murderers. What is it? Natural uh, Born Killers. No, no, no. She was. She was in, in Natural she, Born Killers. She was. Um, okay. I know she Jason was in. Lee. I know she was in Single White Female. Single White Female was Single a white female with um. Fonda's daughter. Yes, Bridget yeah, Fonda. Bridget. And um, always had a secret crush on her. On who? Bridget Fonda. See, that's I, really funny. I, I just did. I don't know why. It's just one of those. You want to know something weird? What's that? I had a massive crush on Jennifer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Massive. And when I saw her in, in um single white female, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I have got to work with her. I always liked Bridget Fonda. Always a fa- always a fan. <laughs> well, so. Bridget Bridget's done some great stuff. Yes, she has. You know what? If you want to take a look at uh, a film, an indie film with her, you probably have seen it with Christian Bale and her. It's called The Machinist. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Okay. I will not tell you. I have have not seen it. I thought you were going to say Point of No Return. No, no, I've seen (laughs) it. That's when I think I really developed my uh, Bridget Fonda. You know, I worked with her. Oh, I worked with her on a movie with uh, Tom Arnold. And um, uh, Christopher Walken called the t- uh, Touch, okay. about the kid with the magic powers. Okay. Not a big hit film, but but in person, she's a really stunning looking woman. She is really talented, really stunning. And I mean, the only the only person I I wasn't comfortable around on that set was Christopher Walken. He just gave me the stare of death, and he didn't want me 
ask him for a picture or, or, or like, hey, we're doing this scene together. He didn't want to chum up with me. He didn't seem to be like, hey, I want to be your friend. Oh, Jack, I want to be your friend. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Well, you know, he's probably holding a secret, Mr. Walken. From Natalie Wood. That's right. I think he, I think he has the key. Yeah. I think he may be waiting for RJ to pass on. And when RJ passes on, I think he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna you're talking about you're talking about RW. Wagner. Yeah, RW. No, no, they call him RJ. They call him Robert R. John. His, his oh, initials okay. RJ. They always called him RJ. Now people never on the studio lots never referred to him as, as Wagner. See that no, RJ. When, when you meet my mother <laughs> on the other side, on the other side, you have to tell her that. <laughs> you know how much time she, she and I are gonna spend together. Yeah, she didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch an episode yeah. of uh, It Takes a Thief. Yeah, if you look it up, his his nickname on all the studio lots. And with family, I was in RJ, yeah, and that was because it's his middle, it's middle name with with Robert Robert John. I think it's his name. Robert John. But, um, but just to wrap up quickly, yes. Machinist, please you must go. You must see that. So put that down as a movie that you will see. It is Christian Bale. You won't recognize him. Wow. He really got into the role. I'll, all I'll tell you is this: for the role, he lost about sixty-five pounds. Wow. Yes. Yes. I, I think so you've seen him in Batman, and you know how buff he was in Batman. And I've seen him in American Hustle. You've seen him in American Hustle, right? And, and he put on yeah, the, he put on all put the weight for right. American Hustle. Right. I mean, he's a tremendous actor. He's, he's probably top five in the last fifty years. Hmm. I, I think. I think his his range, his ability. You remember him in the bo uh, was it the boxer? The boxer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just he's he's tremendous. And there's nothing you you sit there and say, because I thought he was going to be kind of cornholed with Batman. Yes. He got away from that pretty quick. He showed everybody he's a really talented yes. actor. Well, you know, he had already had said he was going to do three films, and he was out. And I know everybody wanted him to do a fourth, but he was like, I'm doing three Batmans, and I'm I'm done. But you know what? That You have just given me something that we can battle over down the road. Because <laughs> okay. you mentioned about, you said he's one of the best actors yeah. in the last 50 years. We've got to talk about I would I would have him and Gene Hackman. All right. This yeah. Is, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go. Yeah, on. we'll have to go. Best for five list. actors of the last fifty yeah. fifty years. So that's nineteen seventy. So we want to go to ish to now. Okay, nineteen seventy so would be fifty years ago. All right. So you want to do from nineteen seventy forward on? Are there right. any sort of? Because uh, obviously Spencer Tracy would be before. That. Right. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Are there any disqualifiers? So uh, Tracy died in sixty seven. So, like, what are we looking at? So are we looking at? Because, look, Cary Grant was alive. Yeah, Cary Grant was alive in those 50 years, but I wouldn't put Cary Grant as one of the best five actors in the last 50 oh, years. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So okay. as long as he's working in that 50-year span. So if he's actively he's, working, he's actively not working. retired. Okay. Yeah. And, right. and, and I'll tell you, there'll be a shocker who won't be on my list, and he's a three-time Academy Award winner, and he would not be on my list for top five actors in the last 50 years. All right. I don't want to give it away. Yeah, I don't want to give we'll it away. With this. But I wonder if you're talking about and his initials are MB. No. All right. No, no. Because if it was MB, no. I would agree with you. He and I share the same first name. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not I, find him to be one of the best actors. Here, here, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say briefly. Because I think, I think the light went on. <laughs> yes, the light went on. And, and here's what I'll say briefly. I think he's played the same guy since 1975. And this is why De Niro won't be on the list. 
I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. We're on the list. All right. We're, we're that'll ready. be a fun. That'll be a fun yeah, yeah, segment we'll, to do. We'll do that down the road. We'll, we're still playing catch up after we'll eight weeks. Go, we'll definitely go. down the road. So, what else? So let me tell you what. Let's take take a little break and let's acknowledge because I mean our sponsors hasn't they haven't had a word from us in the longest time. But um, we don't have the the cutaway. So I, I do want to uh, do a shout out to um, Paul Sorrentino um, of Jackson Lewis, who's probably the best labor attorney in the country, and he specializes in defending um, uh, businesses that are being attacked by employees. He's, he defends employees and their, and their moves and their actions, and when employees are sitting there trying to go for a money grab or anything like that, Paul Sorrentino is the go-to guy. He is he is what uh, Harvey Keitel was in Pulp Fiction. Oh, he, he's yeah. send in the wolf. That's it. Send in the wolf and let him take care of it. He just um, he just won a case recently in which this big corporation, big corporation. I'm not going to say the name. They hired 23 of the best attorneys in the country to go up against Paul by himself, and Paul beat them, and he beat them all. And then they went to the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, and he beat them all again. So Paul Sorrentino from Jackson Lewis, 619-573-4900. You tell him that you heard about him on JB to the pros. And don't call him Paulie because only family gets to call him that. But Paul Sorrentino is considered to be the Perry Mason of the courtrooms in California. So we'll give a little shout out to one of our one of our sponsors and we'll we'll Acknowledge everybody that has stood with us through all of this. We have so many other sponsors, yeah, we, right? We've got bar, we've got bar none, bar none sponsor. We got and we got uh, Rob Van Dam CBD. That's right. So we'll, so we'll talk about it all. We have all. Uh, we'll, we have we'll, all we'll, of we'll hit on bar none in a little bit. So what else? What else do we have going on? You know, I, I, I interact with a lot of Instagram people and a lot of true crime people so like i pay attention to that because these people they are so locked in there are a lot of people like one that i will give um special props to christina randall if you ever heard of her or follow her i follow her on instagram she is locked in everywhere to all of these different uh crimes and these things that are going on all throughout the country i don't know how she has time to do it but she is uh Amazing, and I learned so much from her. Like, for instance, I, there was something very disturbing that happened on November 12th. There were two LA women who were dumped lifeless at a hospital after a night of partying at a club. They were dumped at the hospital by men driving in a car, no license plates on the car, and, the, and the men off. and the men wore masks. And they dropped the bodies. And what part of the country was this? This was Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They were partying at an after-hours club in uh, East LA while the husband was home waiting for them. I, I you know, Isn't that um, terrible. I, there are parts of East LA that I don't. I, 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 I don't even stop at red lights. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, there's parts of East LA that are just downright mm -hmm. dangerous if you don't belong to the fabric of the area. That's and, yes. And, and, and uh, East LA is a rough. Part of town, it's like East New York. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, we just uh, producer Karen and I just watched the thing about East New York, where you know there's an area where bodies have dropped so much so that they went to put up a strip mall and they found so many bodies there that stopped production. So many bodies were buried 
where they had bought this land, and there was like people from the mafia. It was so East LA. Was it Jimmy? Was no, no, Jimmy Hoffa wasn't there. You know? But they were finding so many bodies. Like at first, it was like, you know, okay, and they they sectioned it off, and then they realized this whole area has been a dumping ground forever. So they they had to stop building this strip mall. Yeah, I I mean, so. The husband, the husband was getting text messages from the from the wife, the wife Christy, and then all of a sudden they stopped. But the police, they've been able to get some of the text messages from the two dead women, Christy and Hilda. Around four o'clock or so, they started texting each other, saying, "Hey, listen, we need to get out of here." Four a.m. p.m. Yeah, it's about four a.m. Okay. We need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. We need to go. So whatever happened, they got caught you, up. You and something. I know both know the rule. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. That's what my commander always said. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. By 1 a.m., mm-hmm. if you haven't partied enough, if you haven't had enough to drink, it's time to go home. Yes. Well, right. my they used to tell us midnight. Plus, in California, the bars close at, by 2. They've pulled drinks off the tables. They're done. Well, not the after hours. Remember, Los Angeles is Yeah, they got speakeasies. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're a little I know. bit faster than San, I know. I've been San to, Diego. I've been to speakeasies in no. San Diego where, where it goes on all night. And from the outside, you never know what was going on on the inside. It's soundproof. But here's the thing. Here's, here's the one big advantage is, first of all, everyone has their cell phones going. Yes. So when, when cops start getting... Um, signals bouncing off towers at certain spots near where the bodies were found, the probability is these idiots have left their phone on and the locator is saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. The other thing is, we live live in a culture where you are photographed or videotaped at least 500 times a day if you live in any city. And it's much easier for cops to solve crimes now. Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that that you're photographed all the time. So then, good. Now, I'm going to throw this at you, and then you can tell me. Cue the music. This is Truth is Alien. (laughs) All the way. Okay? Okay? You got your tinfoil hat? I'm getting you you a tinfoil hat. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Mine is on. (laughs) I don't like wearing hats, but I'll do it this time. Let me tell you what's been bothering me. And this is about the Gabby, Tito, and Brian Laundrie situation. Of course, it bothers me that you have, you know, two dead people, all right? But you just said that you're photographed all the time in, in like, any, almost any city, right? You can see even Even in national forests, in, 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 like, the Cleveland National Forest has, like, 300 cameras through that area. So then, let me then explain to me why there's no video of Petito and Laundry in Moab, Utah. Well, the the town where where he was hitting her had video cameras on stores and stuff. They 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 have they have absolutely acknowledged that they're not releasing oh, that. Oh no no, most of the time there's uh, a news reporter, Brian uh, Enton, has gone there. To Moab, they have released yes, they have released nothing. Yeah, they, they released have... nothing. But I thought I thought the stores had security cameras for protection from theft. And I thought that the police were not releasing that external these, surveillance. These store, these places where these two have been, there is no video of them. Most of the places have said, oh no, we're sorry, we've erased it. 
So understand this. So you had. Uh, wait, wait. They Patino. said I'm sorry. I erased it. Knowing, yeah. knowing this is such a high profile, or does it erase automatically every 35 no, hours? No, it doesn't erase automatically. So they, they erased they it? Know. Yes, I watched with uh, Enton. When he went to the town, he filmed himself going there. And that's what they told him. And also, nobody's talking in that town. Now let me throw, uh, let me throw, let me throw a few other things at you that I find just really strange. I wish we had some backup spooky music right now. <laughs> so here's the thing. So we know we know that laundry was stopped right August twelfth. They had that they had that argument, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So then they separate. He flies back for some reason. He flies back for four days. But Tito is staying in Utah by herself. Now, does that strike you as strange that this fragile little girl is alone? This fragile, needy, broken little girl is alone for four days because he was gone between the 13th of August and the 17th with, with, of August. And she had OCD issues. She, she had, had all of that kind of stuff, lot, right? She, had, she was... She was combating some other stuff. You yeah. saw how right. she was crying right. just so he wouldn't be taken away. So they were separate. Where was she? No one can speak on it. Mm-hmm. There's no record of her. Where is she? Where did she stay? The rumor is that she stayed at the um, Fair uh, Fairview Inn. Nothing on her. No cameras, nothing. I don't think it should be where, called that. Where did she go? Where did she go and eat? Who saw her? Who interacted with her? We had the scared girl. What did she do? Yeah, they they should change the name of that place to the unfair. Viewer. That's uh, <laughs> I, but all of that, and so understand that. Now wait a second. The Fairview Inn. It's 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 a Fairview hotel Inn or a motel, right? It's a hotel motel, probably three or four star place. They don't have cameras at that place. Come no, on. and they didn't talk to Eaton. When he went there, Enton, let me say his name right, Brian Enton, they didn't talk to him. He went to the restaurant next to it. No one spoke to him. Oh, no. Camera deleted. It's everywhere. Wow. What's going on? Exactly. What's going on in Moab? It it bothers me. What is going on with this case that there's no film? So understand. So you have that. This girl's alone. It's a fluke that I mentioned that we're filmed yes. three to five hundred times a day, this and then all of Moab is not being filmed. All of Moab, all of Moab is not being filmed. <laughs> I but didn't you know, know you were going there with this. But you know what? It but you know what, Jack? It permeates to other places they were at. So that restaurant that they were seen at, you know, the Mary the Mary Piglet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Do you realize that there's. Uh, that the footage was deleted there as well. Now, why would that be? Exactly. Now, I, who, I, would, who would justify deleting that fo- footage on one of the most high-profile cases in the last 10 years? Yes. I just don't know. We know. We also know that when those two separated, Laundry stayed at the Bowen Motel on the 12th. So you remember on the camera? Yeah, they, yeah they okay. got him apart. Also, Enton, Brian Enton went there and talked to the people. 
nobody would talk to him about laundry and they also said we're sorry the footage has been deleted so it's like it's like they it's like they have just been washed away like they were never there see i'm i'm wondering if moab being moab really doesn't want cnn and fox news hanging around grabbing if there's stuff there to be had if they're going there for the feeding frenzy i'm wondering if people are like you know what She's dead. He killed himself. He did it. It's over. Delete, delete, delete. We don't want people hanging around here. Well, there's more strange stuff. All right, so... You've got more than that? I have more than that. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. This has been bothering me for a long time as I've been following this. Wow. So, all right. When they... Uh, when the DV call initially came in, they were arguing in front of this place called the uh, Moon Co-op. Right, the domestic violence call. Okay. In, right. When that guy said he's hitting the girl. Do you know who was working there? Who was working? At the co-op? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Kylie Ka- Schul- yeah, yeah, yeah. Schulte? Yes, yes. That was there? Yes. So she was there I, working. Right. So, and then the next day, missing and then found dead right. of gunshots. Right. Brian Laundry. Had a gun. Right. Missing. Right. Never found again. So the bodies of the girls, uh, Schulte and Turner, were found on the 18th. Laundry had come back by then. So he flew back, supposedly, to clean out the, uh, the storage after the argument, and then comes back. Did he, did he get the gun then? This is speculation, but did he get the gun? He would have had to because he's certainly not flying with it. He would have had to have put it somewhere and went and and got it. Yeah. Because the people that he hitched a ride with, he said he'd give them $200 Mm -hmm. to drive 10 miles. And as soon as they got near, um, I think, where Petito was murdered, he freaked out and wanted to get out of the car. Remember? In Wyoming. Yeah, in Wyoming, in Cheyenne, Mm -hmm. Cheyenne, right? Or um, where in Wyoming was it? There was... uh, it was on a, for, a, a forest area. Um, it was a forest area. Now, here's something else that, um, see, this is why I follow all of these true crime people. Because uh-huh. some of these true crime people, these uh, internet sleuths, they actually went there. So they went to the site, and then they walked it. So they walked for where the van was, where Laundry's van was, and where the body was. It's, a, it's at least a 1,000 feet and you have to go through like a marsh, like a couple of marshes right. and things like that to dump her body. Who's going to do that? So did the killer kill her and then carry her there and dump her? See, that doesn't make any sense either. Well, although she was she was a pretty petite girl, nobody's carrying anybody else a thousand feet. So but she's still yeah. she's still pretty she's still pretty easy. So. Maybe the speculation is she's killed in the uh, she's killed in the. Well, she weighed what 109 pounds. Could you carry 100 pounds a thousand feet? I guess if you had to. But for, Brian the, mili- La- for the military, we no, have to carry. But, but I mean, Brian Brian Laundry. You look at him. He didn't. I mean, you and I work out. Yeah, Brian so Laundry. Be... Brian, that's that's like 80 percent his body weight. <laughs> I, I. Something else that also bothers me. Where is her phone? Because because in the video that everybody has seen, that the entire country has seen, 
She makes a call. Right. Who is she talking to? Right. And that would be easy to find out. What, there's, that would be easy to find out. Right. But where's her phone? Track, you just track the number. But where's her phone? Right. And the other thing is this that bothers me. So they, they there's still more that bothers me. One, they immediately ruled out laundry and Schulte and Turner. Um, laundry for the murders of, of Schulte. Schulte and Turner. Why? That, okay. They just ruled it out. They didn't give us a reason why. Okay, that's number one. Number two, they said that Laundry killed himself. Okay? So I guess a uh, gunshot wound to the temple. Where's the gun? Now, I know a little something about ballistics and things like that. If you shoot yourself in the head and die, logic dictates that the gun... Would be nearby. That the gun will draw. Yeah. Where's the gun? I mean, and you can't... You can't have uh, an involuntary reaction once you flick the gun. Everybody that's ever shot themselves in the head, literally, the trauma causes the hand to wrap itself around the gun because everything tightens up because the body is in shock. So you're not going to shoot and flick or shoot and toss. And the other thing is this. Uh, the last thing, and this is something, too, I, I, I welcome your input on this because... None of us obviously have any experience with murdering somebody or allegedly murdering somebody. So you you do all this, you murder your girlfriend, you're upset, right? Allegedly, and then you go to a place like that and kill yourself. See, like, does that make any sense? It did. Where there's alligators and all sorts of things and the marsh. It did not make any sense to me that he killed himself because I thought he was a coward. So I, I was pretty confident. Remember I told you that you, you probably would. When we talked you about said this. that, yeah. And I, and said, I said, this guy is, is a coward. He yes. went running home to mommy. He didn't. He's not a guy who will kill himself at 21 years old or whatever. I, I did not see that coming. But I did think, I did wonder if somebody else didn't kill him. That's what I'm thinking. Let me give you something else. Let me give you something else to chew on. Okay. What if the killer, what if he didn't kill his girlfriend? What if that was somebody else? And he just took off and was scared. No. Thought he would get out of Dodge. Why? No, no, I, I, see, I, we I, see, that's no, what worries I, I, I me because that. we refuse no, to look I, I, at I other possibilities. I, can't, I know that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying with 100% conviction it's not possible, but I'm saying we got a previous girlfriend who said that he went through a fit of jealous rage in which he choked her too. So this girl's neck is broken from being, you know, strangled. I'm thinking, yeah, he he did this in a fit of rage. Brian Laundrie had something wrong with him. And the reason I think Brian Laundrie had something wrong with him is because I think his blueprint had something wrong with him in that his parents clearly showed that they are messed up because... The way they handled this whole thing are screwed up people. Yes, screwed up people or scared people. Well, they might be because a family of cowards. Because it worries, what, what concerns me, there seems to be a power. And there seems to be a power. What kind of power can eliminate all the footage? Yeah. What, what kind, why are people not coming forward and talking? Do you realize that the... Um, well, the guy that made the 911 call said he was beating her up. He's been interviewed. 
He's been interviewed. Yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. guy. That's what one about guy. all the people? All that the saw, other people. What about all the people around, that right. saw them? That saw saw that saw them in town. Right. But no. But see, but nobody's talking. And I actually um, looked it up. The internet's searches for Gabby Petito is sixty-seven point four million. So people are really interested. Some of them have to be in that town, in Salt Lake City, also in Moab. Nobody's talking. And yeah, who has the power to erase? I I don't think the I don't the, think mom footage. and dad would have had him killed. No, I, I don't think mother. And no, I don't think so. What if they saw something that they weren't supposed to see? You know, that's possible. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you remember the what couple? This guy remember, just got out you of Remember Dodge? the couple that was camping up at uh, San Onofre National Park up there on the on the Pacific Ocean? Um, they were both murdered, and it took years and years for the crime to be solved. Mm-hmm. And it was as simple as saying that they were living together before they got married. And some lunatic conservative pulled out his shotgun and mm-hmm. killed them both in their sleep. And he was on the run for like 10 years before he finally got caught. That little thing of that it got them killed. So you never know when you're interacting with people you don't know what might set people off. And what if they saw something? What if they, they witnessed something? Because here's the thing: a controlling guy, and I have dealt with so much. I have dealt with so many men and faced off against so many abusive men, abusive controlling men that I've had to deal with. They typically do not leave their girlfriend for four days. They will not leave their woman. Think about this. You have this alleged beater, controlling guy, abuser. He leaves his woman for four days. Just let that sit with you. That's not even sound. So vulnerable. Right. Right. Why would he do that? There, there now are, you said he's a coward. He's a what coward. If he, what if he just took off and he was like, "Oh my goodness, I got to get out of Dodge." But then he comes back. He's a coward. They probably his girlfriend was on. probably calling him and saying, "Please come back, please, 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 please come back." Yeah, but they have no evidence of her calling or begging him. Or yeah, anything. no, isn't it amazing? Yeah. And there's no evidence of her walking around. See, there's something about this case that, that stinks. Is, that's wrong. Yeah, something, something. And is, that town is three day old fish. And that town is wrong. And those two girls. Uh, women, Turner and Salty, no justice for them, and there they are, dead, yeah. half naked, well, shot up. There's no dead. justice yet. I mean, we see cold cases solved all the time. I mean, you know, here's here's the other thing that um, I, I think a lot of people don't realize. We've got satellites in space orbiting the Earth, uh-huh. photographing the Earth. Okay. Constantly as they orbit the Earth, I, I, I think there are a lot of crimes that are caught on camera, like from above, because because the landscape of Amer- of America, landscape of the world, is constantly being filmed. Well, let me throw this at you, to sort of uh, tie this up. Okay. You said that no justice yet. Not yet. We're still waiting for justice for Laura, Waynans, and Julie Williams. Also a gay couple. This mm-hmm. is the 25th anniversary of their death. Killed out in the woods in Virginia. Right. Uh, tied up. Gagged. Throats cut. Same type of thing with Schulte and Turner. People are like, oh, no, it's got to be something. Some Here it is, 25 years. Still no justice for them. Family is still like, what's going on? It's an open case. 
still nothing. There's no coverage of uh, Turner and Shelton. I have to interact with other people, these other crime people, to get even like little bits of information. Folks have moved on. And this Moab stuff that I bring up, no one's really talking about it. Just a few of us. Well, I mean, let me let me throw out a, 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 an odd statistic that, um, because you're, you're making a really good point. Um, but producer Karen and I were watching something on TV, and they talked about the fact that there are, um, correct me if I'm wrong there, producer Karen, but um, there's 50,000 missing children a year in America alone. That's, that, now think about that. 50,000, that's 1,000 kids per state in every single state in this country. Every year there's 1,000 kids per state missing. Now, with all the cameras and all the work that the police have to do and all the posters you put on telephone poles, you still got 1,000 kids per state missing every year. They can't possibly catch up. Now, I would need to look that up because I don't know if that's, you know, sort of uh, custody battles and, you know, uh, mom or dad runs and takes the, uh, you know, takes the kid across straight, uh, state lines and they're not this, really this, looking. This wasn't, this no. wasn't, they were missing. These are kids that are missing that have not come home. These, this is a thousand kids per state mm -hmm. every year. So over the course of a year, a hundred kids per month per state on average. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're, if what you're driving, if you're driving at that, um, the, there was like excess coverage for this laundry thing. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I just thought that it was too much, maybe a little bit too much coverage weighing on that. And there's so many other um, missing missing people. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The moment they found Brian Laundry dead, everybody pulled up stakes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, okay, story has concluded. Let's right. move on. But you know, I'm still waiting for them to find a gun. So. Uh, I'll keep my ear to the ground with that and uh, stay in touch. Like I said, there's a lot of good people yeah. that I deal with that's they're really on top of this stuff. And and there's another case that I talked to you about before we did the show tonight that I, I, I'm hoping you're keeping um, keeping up on because... Um, you're talking about Fort Hood? Fort Hood, yes. Ah, uh, Fort um, Hood, they've cleaned house there. Yeah. You know, so, so they have found... Uh, rotten they to have the found, court. like, everybody at the top accountable. Mm -hmm. huh? Absolutely. So everybody's gone. That place Our career's over? Yeah. I mean, I'm talking dishonorable discharges. Yeah. I'm talking rotten to the core, man. I mean, somehow you lost track of the, of your oath, you know, foreign and domestic, that you're supposed to protect people. And you got to so, wonder how this went on for so long. So, you know, um, talking about going on for a long time, I guess now, do we want to start revisiting one of my early, early sports takes. Oh, when I told you, when I said to you, and I said, you know, Mac Jones sort oh, of reminds no. me um, of Tom, Tom Brady, Brady in 2007. Yeah. Now, right, yeah. now, that was before all right. of these sports people now. He now has, they're he suddenly has, saying. He has not even exceeded expectation. He's blown. It's just amazing. He's blown it out of the water. I'm going to do you one better with Mac Jones. And he's rallied. That team into first place in the division. I'm gonna Although you, Monday night things may change. Well, they may they may lose that. It won't change my opinion. But here's what I'm going to tell you about like Mac Jones. He more reminds me of 
Peyton Manning. I see more Peyton Manning in Mac Jones than I do Tom Brady. Really? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because what do they keep saying? What do they keep saying about Mac Jones? Um, they keep saying they keep, well. They were trying to say that he's going to have a whole learning curve, and there's going to be a, a period of adjustment into the NFL, and there's going to be you know this. They they were giving him the same leeway they give all rookies that are um, that are getting started in the in the league. They did this for Sam Darnold. They did this. They did this for. Um, um, I'm thinking like uh, our horrible Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. who is just an absolute. Well, Gino, he's not He's an absolute Geno Smith. No, no, no. Are you no, kidding? No. He's already wearing a knee brace. No, he's, no, he's not strong on. enough for the NFL. He's Come just on, not. you got to give. You got to give. Even I, look, I'm not a fan of the Jets, but you you've got to give him a little bit more time. No, but but let me let no. me answer your let me answer your let me answer your question. About Manning and Jones, what they talk about Jones is how cerebral he is. Cerebral. Yes. And if you think about with uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was not dropping back and throwing long. Just think about that. Peyton Manning was about uh, dissecting defenses. Yeah. Short outs. Yes. In. And then precision passing. Right. And if you look at like that pass that he threw to Bourne. Right. I mean, come yeah. on. That, that was dropped from the I mean, yeah, I but a lot of his passes are like that. I'm very I mean, impressed with the way Mac Jones. I'm very impressed. He's he's exceeded everyone's expectations. But I and now it looks like they might make some noise in the playoffs. But but here's the thing. He exceeded how why do you know why he exceeded expectations? I think because Belichick I think because Belichick is a, a great coach. So you combine Belichick's ability as a coach and his talent as a coach, and you get somebody who's a loyal follower like Mac Jones, who is going to do everything he's told to do, and when he sees results, he sees success, he's winning games he probably shouldn't win. Yeah, that's I, a great formula because well, he'll, follow him, he'll follow him right off a cliff. Mac Jones is doing everything that is asked of him. So what do you think of my Manning take? Okay, um... I don't see I don't see the same six foot five Manning that I saw in ninety eight. Here's what I saw with Manning. I saw Manning trying to distance himself from Ryan Leaf. I saw Manning trying not to be linked forever to that one two draft with the Chargers and the and the Colts. Well he did that. that, And I think I think he I think he stepped it up to get away from Ryan Leaf Mm -hmm. and leave Ryan Leaf in the dust. And he also was very clear. Manning was also very clear with the Colts that if they hadn't drafted him, he was going to make them sorry they hadn't drafted him. Okay, but I'm talking about the play. Yeah, the play. I get it. I don't compare Mac Jones to Peyton Manning. I don't. I don't see that. I would compare um, Mac Jones more to Eli Manning. No. Yeah. He's far more accurate than Eli Manning. I'm sorry. When he Eli first started. Manning, yeah, but I mean, Eli Manning with all the interceptions, no. I know, I know you're just saying that because it's still your reluctance with Mac Jones because he's a patriot, and it's going to drive you nuts <laughs> for the next few years. But if you really look at it objectively, again, I'm going to go back. What was Manning known for? 
Many know, was known for a high percentage of completions. High percentage of completions. Check. Right. What else? And they were usually seven to fifteen yards. Check. Right. What else? He wasn't. He wasn't the Joe Montana to, to Jerry Rice down the middle of the field post pattern guy. Check. Okay. I think. I think Mac Jones has been extremely impressive this year. It's. It's my nightmare as a Jets fan, but I'm not reluctant to give him kudos for what he's doing. I watch him on the Red Zone channel, and he seems to be in the Red Zone all day long. But, you know, the reason why, and we talked about, you and I talked about this before, or rather, I brought it up, and we didn't really we didn't really jump into it. But I, I will jump into it again. The reason why he dropped to 15, because he was not black, and he is not that is why he dropped. Think about what he did in college. Think about what he looked like. If you go back and look at his games at Alabama, he was tearing it up, and he was going long. I mean, he did it all in Alabama, and he won all the time. But what do they say about him? Oh, well, you know, he's not very mobile. He's not very mobile. Well, they also said he had an extremely, an extreme, extremely strong supporting cast at Alabama. So you remember Johnny Football? Okay. Let me so, just let me give you an example. Remember Johnny Football, Johnny Menzel? Yeah, I know, but okay, he sucked. Heisman, and he, I knew he sucked. Right. Why did he why was he considered to be great for a while? He was considered to be Johnny Football because he had was it Mike Evans, who's now with the Bucks? Okay. He had him to throw to and Evans caught everything he threw. But everyone, most people except for the Browns, knew that that was not sustainable when you got into the league. That's not true. I called it. I said, you could ask producer Karen. When he came in the league, I said, this guy is a bust. He is an, Manziel is a bust. Okay, Karen, so you did and I, I say it or I not? Got yes. you. I got you. I got you. So you and I. I'm go But going back to Jones, what did they say about him in the draft? Oh, you know what? He's not very mobile. Right. Oh, you know what? He needs to work on his body. He needs to do that. What's coming out right now? You have these black quarterbacks that are built like Adonis, and they can throw it a mile, and they can run a four-four. Justin, a four just, Justin uh, uh, Field at, at Chicago. Justin Fields. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. He's a great example. I mean, he's got great mobility, and he can throw it a ton, but he's not producing like Mac Jones. But what fascinates me is that the bias has completely turned. So when I was coming up, it was Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was like amazing, but it's like, oh, you know what? He's a running quarterback. Uh, I was so impressed really with Randall Cunningham. He's not going to do it. It's like you need the quarterbacks like Joe Montana. Now everybody's going to the uh, like the running quarterbacks. So that 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 '91 Eagles team with Randall Cunningham and Reggie White and all those guys, I thought they had to just march right through. I couldn't believe they didn't win the. Based Super Bowl. off of his stats, Jones should have been no lower. Than the third pick overall, no lower than the third pick, and that's well, where teams messed up, just like they messed up with Justin uh, Herbert, and he went to the Chargers and he fell and went to the Chargers. I mean, right. it happens. Right, Aaron Rodgers, it happens. There's a guy back in '99 that fell to 199th pick. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit different. That's a little bit different. A little guy named Brady. I don't know if you ever heard of him. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit different. That's that does 199th immediately... pick. And the weird thing is, if the Patriots don't pick him, everyone admitted that nobody had him on their board. 
He was just going to be gone. But at this stage, he is at this stage. He is better than Tom Brady. This year, yeah, of yes, yeah. the two thousand. I'm talking 2021. about for our listeners. Yeah, the two thousand one Brady versus the twenty twenty one Mac Jones. Mac Jones does everything better. You think he does everything better than Tom Brady did I, in two thousand one? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. I you know I yes. I'm not seeing I don't have those same glasses on you do because you I you didn't go back and but look at, but you didn't go back and look but the glasses I do have on you didn't go back I and talked look. to you about our pick Zach Wilson I said the guy is already walking around with a knee brace on he's not able to take the hits and sustain he's he was limping on a simple end around where he was just scrambling to get out of bounds and he almost came out of the game again the guy has been on the injured reserve once already. And he almost got taken out of the game Sunday against against Houston. Well, you saw what New England did to him. I mean, goodness right. gracious. Now, now the Jets in New England play twice already this year, right? Yes. Okay, so, so that's you don't a, have to worry about. You know, that. that, that's a done right. deal. I am so, I am. I have never been impressed with Zach Wilson. I have never been happy that they made that pick. I wanted to see Justin Fields in a Jets uniform. I think that would have been the better pick. You did say nobody, that early on. Yeah, but you did nobody, say that early on. nobody in those first fourteen picks saw Mac Jones as the guy he is turning out to be. Credit, right. was, credit what credit's due. I don't know where Belichick has that magic crystal it's, ball. But it's not It's not magic. It's come out. It's come out that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, but he succumbed to the pressure. It was all the pressure to draft Trey Lance. Trey Lance, who started nine games... In the uh, in college, and you but do you know why they they went for Trey Lance? Yeah, because he could run. Uh, go on, keep He's going. Black. black, there it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There it is. You have this bias yeah. now. It has completely flipped. I'm right. telling you. So they're like, but, but Kyle Shanahan shouldn't be in the position he's in if he's going to buckle to that kind of pressure. That's not the position where you buckle. You know. I I'm agree. Not, now I'll tell you something interesting. We're doing this show before the Thursday night football game between Dallas and uh, the Saints. And Mike McCarthy, the head coach of Dallas, is out with COVID. And I was telling producer Karen that I, I look at Mike McCarthy like, for some reason, when he's less involved with the offense, they do better. Like like him not being there might show that he that they may win. I think Mike McCarthy is an anchor as this boat's trying to sail. I think he, they've dropped anchor with this guy. I, I don't think he's the same guy he was in Green Bay. Uh, for some reason, the more involved he gets, the more that Dallas suffers. Mm-hmm. And Dallas, frankly, across the board, most talented team on paper this year, early on. And, and we were in Vegas when, when the tote board had Dallas at the top of the tote board as the lowest odds to win the Super Bowl because they were the favorite. And by now, I'm sure they're middle of the pack. Yeah, they're circling, they're, the, they're circling the drain. Of course they are. Now, they should win against uh, New Orleans, but they need to be careful. They well, well um, Hill is, hasn't been officially named, but they're going to name yes. him as the starter. And I'm thinking with Hill doing what he does, you know, he's kind of Randall Cunningham-ish. You know, the guy can throw a ton, the guy can scramble, and he runs like a halfback. Uh, I think he's a terrible do you really? I, I, I enjoy terrible, him like crazy. They just gave him a, a four-year extension. I know. Yeah, twenty-six I mean, he's million. A ter- he's a terrible quarterback. Well, I, 
I, I, I like him. I think he's exciting. Wait till you see him. Okay. Oh, I'm going to see, see him on Thursday. I'm going to be watching. I'll be watching him Thursday. And you know he's not a young guy. No, no. He's this okay. four years is the end of his career. Yeah. Those so and he may not even fill his contract out. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's on the wrong side of thirty. I mean, again, if I'm if I'm putting money on all of this, because now I'm going to say that I think there's a little bit too much patriot hype. I think now people have gone overboard the media. Well, wait a I, second. Monday night you got the Bills. Yeah, hosting the Patriots. Uh, what I'm saying. How is, do you feel about that game? I think the Pats have a chance. I think they have a chance. And Buffalo. Here's the thing. I would say that Buffalo has the edge in talent, and they're playing at home. And they're motivated. This is for all the marbles. So, I mean, it tilts towards Buffalo's side. But I'm what I'm saying is this. As a Pats fan, I think that people have gone overboard praising New England. Now, it's funny that you feel that way. And I, and I feel with this Monday night game, I feel like in the last two, almost three weeks, mm-hmm. the Bills have not been living up. To expectations, they have not been playing to their potential. I think down. the Bills. I think the Bills are chasing their tail right now. I think they played. They're one of those teams that plays down to their competition, and that's a bad thing. But they're going to be up for New England. What I'm saying is, there will be no stinkers when they play the Patriots. Well, you're not going to be able to blame the weather because both of them play in the right. same climate. So right. I mean, that's a latitude longitude thing. It'll right. be fine. But I think I see um, Belichick and, and Mac. Actually, kind of sticking it, you know, to the Bills. I think the Bills are going to take it in the chin on Monday night. The Bills have not been impressive for, I would say, probably the last eight or ten quarters. I have said this about New England when I've talked to other people. I think that next year they'll be a monster. I think they need another draft, and I think they need to get some more speed. Um, at linebacker and another corner, a couple other things, another offensive lineman, and then I think they're going to be ready. See, this is not unlike the two. Again, we go back to the 2001 Patriots. That team, <laughs> that team was not certainly not the most talented team. No, no. But. But and you saw they regressed to the mean the very next year, right? Mm-hmm. They went nine and seven. Right. They got that other draft. They let go of some of those uh, slow veterans, brought in young guys, and then look what happened. Right. Fourteen and two. All of a sudden they became a dynasty. Fourteen yeah. and two. Right. And then what? Did, what did they do the next year? Oh my goodness, fourteen and two. Which by the way, two thousand four Patriots, best team I've seen in thirty years. Really? Yes. That's what you feel. Mm-hmm. That yeah. team had no weakness. I'd say I'm impressed with the with the seven Patriots, but I want to ask you something. Um, oh, what was the year? Patriots. What was the year? What was the year that? <laughs> yeah. What was the year Brady um, when Matt Castle came in? Was that eight? That was um, 08. 08, Okay. Yeah, and they went eleven and five. Eleven and five, and don't make the playoffs. Yes. How horrible! How for Patrick for Pats fans? How horrible is it? You go eleven and five, and you're outside looking in. I lived it, and I'll tell you why they didn't deserve to make the playoffs. Because they got steamrolled by every good team. They beat up on all the tomato cans. So that 11-5 and record, a mirage. I see. Yeah. So so you're going against Bill, Bill um, Parcells, who says you are what your record says you are. 11-5. and 11-5. Yeah, I don't necessarily. You, 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 you think, you think it's more reflective of 9-7? and seven? Yeah. 
I think it was they were more nine and seven and and team because they were just deflated when Brady um, went down. Right. Like and and it. Castle looked like I'm I'm thinking like to me it was like the Yankees bullpen all of a sudden they got more pitching. <laughs> and can I tell you something about the 07 Patriots because I just as a Patriots fan <laughs> you've had a face on since no I because said. I just I hate when people when people say oh that's when they label them as one of the greatest teams of all time. I think of all the teams that's their peak. They're no. 2004 was their best. You're insisting on that. Yes. Is it because the Red Sox won the World Series? No, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why they're the best team. Quickly. One, you had uh, 28, uh, 27-year-old Brady. Um, That's number one. Number two, you you had the best running back they've ever had in Corey Dillon. Oh, yeah. I agree. The second best receiver that they had in their dynasty was Deion Branch, and he was their deep threat. And he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. They had 12 receptions in that Super Bowl. They had the best core of linebackers. They had the best interior. Now that was Teddy Bruschi, and that was that was Bruschi. Yes. So they had. So here's what here here were their linebackers: McGinnis, Vrabel, Bruschi, and Ted Johnson. Yeah, you never hear from Brabel anymore. Right. <laughs> and then think about their interior linemen. All young. Vince Wilfork. Remember that name? I remember Vince Wilfork. Richard Seymour. A beast. And, and Ty Warren. Oh, and then by Seymour, the way. Seymour, cheating bastard. <laughs> oh, and then by the way, and then by the way, in the back, uh, and all the way in the back end, you had Ty Law, Asante Samuel, and Rodney Harrison. Now, let me ask you something. Asante Samuel's name's come up recently. In the NFL, yes, this is him. What he said about Belichick? Yeah. No, no, no. There's another Asante Samuel. Yeah, kid, junior. right? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Shows you how his kid is playing, and his kid's a starter. Yes, <laughs> but here's the thing. Quickly on the 07 Pats, their defense was very slow, and their linebackers were incredibly slow. You had a very old Teddy Bruschi, a washed up. Junior Seau, um, on his last leg. Well, Junior Seau was given a gift yes. to, to hang out with them for Mike that season. Mike Rabel. I mean, that's why you saw they couldn't stop the Giants of all teams. Well, I want to point something out. Week 16, you know, the, the 16th game of the yes. season, week 17, the Giants and the Pats played in the final game. Tremendous and, game. And it was a trem- – yeah, exactly. It was a tremendous game. And it was the foreshadowing of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And the Giants were a play from winning that game. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the Super Bowl, heavy underdogs, mm-hmm. four to one underdogs. And they turn around and upset, not really upset, but the Plaxico Burris catch, and they upset the perfect season. Well, see, again, talking about the uh, 07 season, what a lot of people forget, the Patriots, by week 12, they were trending downward. They started struggling. They barely beat Philadelphia, a bad Philadelphia team. They needed all kinds of breaks to beat um, a mediocre Baltimore, Baltimore team. Baltimore team, yes. I remember the that. Giants. They, they had a lot of flags teams. go their way. Yes, they yeah, had a lot of stuff. I mean, so, you know, but again, I, I mean, we can talk about well, it. Let me, let, yeah, well, let me just bring up one more thing. Yeah, we had the champions, the Bucks, with Brady. Mm-hmm. I'm not impressed. With them, they're they're squeaking out wins. Well, they have and a million injuries, though. Yeah, and they're, they're and they they got guys that are sidelined. I I thought these guys were built to repeat, 
and I don't even know that they're built to get past the first round. Of not, the not if you have those kind of injuries. Right. Look at the look at the Rams. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I mean, it, sometimes, look, winning the Super Bowl is a war of attrition. Who's the healthiest? Right. Which is why, watch my pick at the beginning of the year, Kansas City Kansas Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I I, I don't okay. even see I don't even see the Chiefs making the playoffs. No, no, I don't even right. see. I'm calling it right now. I think Jerry. they're. I think they're a crappy team this year. I think the Packers are the real deal. I. I think Kyler Murray is going to have to come back. I think it's going to be. It's going to be Arizona and the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Um, the other thing I think I would like to point out is, you know, everybody looks at Seattle as a as a really good team. I didn't realize that Seattle has as many wins as the Jets. Yeah, nobody looks at Seattle as a good team. They're, they're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild. Russell Wilson um, is is likely going to leave. I mean, look, after 2014, that, not giving it to uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. They're, because they were a budding dynasty. It was the obvious, it was the obvious thing to do. Yes. It's just handed off to the beast. Everyone knows it. It's 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 just been played. You gift wrapped the Patriots and started their other dynasty, right? You know, because they yeah. were dead in the water. It was two point Yeah, it was it was Pat's two point at that yeah. point. Yeah, I agree with you. So um, who else? Who else? Who else? Do you, do you want to touch upon? Um, I'm impressed with the Dolphins. That I didn't think I'd be impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed with the Dolphins. Um, I think Houston's doing the best they can with what they got. Um, Deshaun Watson. I don't even think they let him in the building anymore right now. I mean that poor guy. Yeah. You think he'll be back? I don't see it. I think I think he's too talented. I I, I I I know he's talented, but I I think that that Houston is the Texans are going to let him sit, and they're going to sit out his contract until all these legal troubles are over. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to leave a stain, that by the time he comes back, the game would have gotten away from Michael him. Vick was in jail for yeah. three years. Three years. And because he's so ultra talented, he had a job. You can't compare Michael Vick, much more talented than Deshaun Watson. Uh, no. Michael Vick no, no, no. was much more talented. No, he's not. Deshaun no, he's Watson not. is very, very good, but he's not Michael Vick good. Michael Vick was awesome. Michael he was, Vick could He run. was like we've never seen anything like he this. He could run, but he was not an accurate quarterback. You know, and, you know, and Michael we Vick. and we forget about all this, Jack. That quarterbacking is about accuracy. Not how fast you run, right? And that's the problem. Look who wins these uh, these Super Bowls at the end of everything, right? Seventy percent completion, yeah. Uh, it's right. it's Manning, it's Brady, it's Breeze. Yes, it's and, Breeze. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It's, I, it, I mean, it's Montana. It's yes. it's it, it, it's Trey Rogers, Aikman. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, yeah. not a great quarterback, but you talk about fitting into a system. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall yeah. of Famer, and he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer on probably twelve other teams. I hate the Troy. Jets I being. Hate Troy, no, you know what? If you put Troy Aikman on the Jets, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not even invited in to go visit. I, you know what? I hate that because that's like that's like saying, and this is the last thing I'll this is the last thing I'll say on the matter. Okay. That's when when we do that saying, oh, well, you know what? If you played on this team, or you played on that team, that's like saying, okay, you know what? If Albert Einstein was born in I don't know um, East LA or something like that. He wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been as famous as he was in his other house. Albert Einstein's born in Johannesburg. He's not the guy he turns out to be. See, I don't like doing that's that. That's not I, I, okay. We are who let we me are. ask let me ask we you something. You you say we are who we are. Yes, we are. Okay. Who we are. In ninety nine the Jets draft Brady. Is he Brady? 
Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. I, in that yes, system, I, I, yes, in that culture, yes. does he turn out to be Brady? I, I just I answered you, okay. and the answer is the answer is yes, because no. we get caught up in that kind of stuff in environment. We have had great quarterbacks right. that have never reached their potential because right. of the system in the Jets. That Look at Richard Todd. That's an argument. <laughs> that's an argument for another day. So, all right, we should do, we should actually discuss that let's sometime. But let's let's wrap it up. You know what? Let's let's give a plug to um, Barnon. Yes, who is um, sets up for business parties and gatherings, and they are a proud sponsor of JV to the Pros, and they are able to handle all sorts of arrangements and anything you need for some sort of a corporate get together, especially over the holidays, where corporate get togethers, weddings, bar mitzvahs, you name I it. Mean, yeah, you absolutely. name it. If, it, if it's got if book it's, signings, I mean, they, <laughs> she's done that. Yeah, she's done that too. I mean, she's done that's it for true. Even, she's done it for Ethan that's, Howard. That's true. Bar none. So bar none. Yes, is is B A R N O N E. Bar, bar none. none. Collection of independent bartenders, and they are mobile. They will bring the bar to you. And they uh, set up very professional. They're all licensed. And, you know, they're all throughout San Diego. So definitely uh, hit them up. You can hit them up on uh, Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. Anywhere. They're all over the place. All over the place. Google it. Bar none. Google it. Yes. And Google it. You'll, right? be, you'll be talking to producer extraordinaire Robin in no time. All right. Um, and the other, the other sponsor we can't forget about, and I've been in touch with Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Oh, now he's... Hall of Fame professional yes. wrestler Rob Van Dam. I had, a, I had a long talk with him actually recently. And Rob Van Dam has uh, RBV CBD oil that you and I both love. Yes. And I'll tell you, if you got a sore shoulder or something, that stuff <laughs> that stuff is magic. It knocks it right out. And, I gotta tell you. And I mean, that little container and I tried everything. has lasted a year. Yeah. And me and producer Karen have used it. Knees, shoulders, neck, it, it, your lower back, it does the trick. RBV, CBD. And you, go, you look up Rob Van Dam, CBD oil. And um, you just put JV to the pros in the promo. And you will get yourself a 10% discount for being a listener. JV to the pros, Jack Vecchio and Corey Ramsey will be happy to spot you that 10% when you make your order at RV, RBV. CBD, and you just let them know JV to the pros sent you. Also, do the same when you contact Bar None because they have been loyal, long-time sponsors of JV to the pros. Yes. Are you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready to wrap it up. Now we're back and we're better than ever. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> we haven't yes, missed a are. step, huh? Look at us. Yeah, so, so we'll spot you the 10%. I mean, forget <laughs> about the fact that, you know, I may have all these overdrafts in my account. <laughs> but, you know, That's I'll, you. Still, I'll still write the check for you. <laughs> That'll right? do it. So, so JV to the pros on Instagram, JV to the pros at gmail.com. If you have any comments or compliments, you can get us on Facebook and you can put any of your comments about the show on Facebook, JV to the pros, all spelled out on Facebook. It's everywhere. Do everywhere. You realize Stitcher. If you, do you realize if you have Alexa, you can just go up to Alexa and say, Alexa, Play JV to the Pros podcast, and boom, it comes right up. Or any sort of any sort of platform like any that, platform. like Alexa, where yeah. you have that that thing sitting in your house that's listening to everything you say, and you just keep talking about JV to the Pros. It'll begin playing JV to the Pros because it's just a step away from reading your mind. <laughs> there you go. But we're on iTunes, TuneUp, everything, right? What everything. is it? Spotify, everything, iHeartRadio, everything. And it still goes through the list. <laughs> All right. All right. That is season three. 
episode 38 of JV and the Pros. We are so glad and grateful to be back in business after a long time off. So we will be back again next week with episode 39. Count on it. We wish everybody a very happy holiday season. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Sign it off there, Mr. Iron Man. Signing off. Happy Halloween, everybody. Oops, I forgot. Uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, we missed that too. Yep, sorry. (laughs) All right. Anyway. We got Christmas ahead of us. (laughs) Happy December to everybody. Happy holidays. Good night, everybody.